This is the Bad Weather Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Miller. This is the sound of my voice. What you're about to hear is a repost from our first season, uh, an episode from our first season. We're going to repost here. We're going to be sprinkling those in once in a while. Um, I think there's some good useful information in these and wanted to get them back out there. Uh, This episode is Rudy from Rude Advice, uh, Rude underscore advice on Instagram and at Rude Advice on YouTube. Um, We'll put his contact information in the show notes of this. Well, not as not as like personal phone number or anything, but his socials will be in the show notes of this episode. Um, What you'll hear here is kind of Rudy's divorce story and uh he'll talk also about the kind of content he puts out um, on his channels now regarding divorce and relationships um, co-parenting that kind of thing so i hope it's useful to you hope you enjoy and as always take care of yourself everything sucks just kidding everything is great no really i haven't thought about my ex today oh wait Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another edition of the Bad Weather Podcast. This is actually a very special edition. You'll find out why shortly. I'm one of your hosts, JP Hurley. Joining me, as always, Jonathan Miller. What's up, John? This is the sound of my voice. There it is, a regular one. It's not froggy or throaty. It's not high-pitched. It's a regular John voice today. The day is young, so it could get froggy and throaty, but for now, it's doing all right. I think you're going to get higher pitched as the show goes on. It's, I feel like the <laughs> the family guy thing, the more uncomfortable you get, the higher pitched your voice gets. So we might actually experience that today. So I do have a slow, like a slow helium leak in the house somewhere. So it, it could get higher throughout the day. Yeah. <laughs> Clever. Also joining me as always, everybody's favorite therapist, Brian Burns. What's up, Brian? Hey, JP. Hey, John. Good to see you. Yo. How's things going? Oh, things are going good. Um, Friday afternoon and um, big plans this weekend that uh, I may or may not reveal to you all. <laughs> Damn mm, it. We'll pry. That, we'll yeah. pry later. Yeah. We'll get that yeah. out of you. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be part of the burning question later in the podcast, except we'll, we'll turn the tables. <laughs> I'll be ready. The reason why this is a very special edition of the Bad Weather Podcast is because also joining us is... A friend in the industry, his name is Rudy. Rudy, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and let our listeners know where they can find you, what you're all about. Just kind of list off some of your accolades and whatnot, please. Uh, sure. Thank you. First off, thank you for having me on the podcast, guys. I appreciate that. Uh, my name is Rudy. I go by Rudy A on TikTok. I guess I discovered and uh, kind of fell into some TikTok uh, fame over the past couple of years. Um, I am 45 I got divorced at 39 and uh, kind of started my life over. And I hadn't dated since the 90s. So I'm talking old school, right? I felt like Captain America being frozen for 70 years and then coming out and like, oh, the world's <laughs> different now. There's dating apps and things like that. So I had a, um, a, a fairly clean divorce and a successful dating life and had success on dating apps. And I am now in a healthy relationship. I'm engaged with uh, my fiance. Of course, we have a son. So I've rebuilt my life from, you know, losing everything to where I'm at now. And I have a healthy co-parenting relationship with my ex-wife. Her husband's an awesome dude. We bite each other whiskey. Everybody's on good terms. We have a healthy dynamic and a blended family. We have lunch. We have have dinner once a month. And it's been a healthy relationship. And I started sharing these stories on TikTok um, a couple of years ago. And I gained notoriety or I guess 
hate when I admitted that I cheated on my ex-wife back in 2020, in December 2020 is when I told the story. This The cheating happened in 2008. And boom, I just got flooded with hate and stitches. But I also had hundreds of thousands of women following me because they wanted to know what is a what goes on in a man's mind that has him go astray. And I was honest. And I owned up to my mistakes. I never blamed her. I just took accountability and just kind of explained my mindset and where I was at. And that's how this whole thing started. Then I started sharing co-parenting uh, tips, dating tips. And here I am now. I think uh, last count, I'm approaching 300K on TikTok. Awesome. I've uh, developed a podcast called The Rude Advice Podcast, where I talk to other TikTok influencers and other people who've gone through divorce. And I just started my YouTube channel, also titled Rude Advice on YouTube. So things have been growing. It's funny how before this, I'm an instructional designer. That's my real job, what I do for a living, <laughs> and how one 30-second TikTok has changed my life, and here I am today talking to you guys. That's awesome. That is wild. That I want to bring well something done. real, real well quick done. here. Uh, so we have, we I think this is the maybe the first episode we're recording since we launched our podcast, and we have gotten a ton of feedback from women as well. You know, we started this as like a, this is this is for dudes um, who are going through something, and we're going through something like acute right now. You know, in the moment, and so we talk about those things and thought other guys would like to hear it, and they do. Uh, but we have so many women reaching out saying like this is really interesting, and you don't hear guys talk about this kind of stuff. So it's it's interesting that you're you've found the same thing. Yeah, it's it. Uh, they just really want to know how a man's mind thinks, and I have no reason to lie, and I'm honest. And sometimes the honesty is tough to hear. That's why I went with rude advice because it may not be what you want to hear, but it's the truth and what you need to hear. And that's kind of been my whole mentality. But you're that's right, awesome. women are just always coming in. I get emails all the time. That's wild. I like that, Rudy. I've got lots of follow up questions from your introduction there, but before I do, we'll do it once again at the end of the podcast. But where exactly can people find you? Oh, uh, uh, that's right. You did ask me that. Uh, TikTok, just type in Rudy A or Rude Advice on, on TikTok. Also, the Rude Device podcast. You can find me on any listening platform. I am on all of them. Also on YouTube, just type in Rude Advice. Love it. Perfect. Okay, some follow-up questions from that. Number one, you said that after kind of coming back out onto the scene, uh, I can't remember what, what what reference you had, but was was it kind of like Encino Man, like the movie Encino Man with Brendan <laughs> Fraser, where he's kind of like relearning civilization? Yeah, we the juice. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Yeah, it's, the juice. It's, it's the same thing. I was frozen for like 70, 80 years or whatever. And I came back to this world where um, it was very different, man. Like I said, I'm an old school guy. Um, like I said, I'm 45. And uh, I just remember being shocked at how sexually aggressive women were. And I was like, whoa, you want to already? Well, like, I didn't, I didn't, we're just going to go see John Wick too. You want to give me roadhead like already? Well, sure, why not? Yeah, I'm not going to say no. But it was just a different world. And I just was... Uh, adjusting to it as best I could. <laughs> John, don't, I know you're about to ask if he still has those numbers, but um, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like Rudy's been a little more successful in the dating world than I've been so far. <laughs> uh, next follow-up question. Uh, you said you buy your, so it's your, your ex-wife's new guy. Is it, are they ma- remarried or? Uh, yeah, they're, they're remarried. They got remarried uh, this past, uh, I think a year ago. Uh, and okay. I was happy for her. Yeah. Like I said, um, if I can just kind of give some exposition when we divorced, she didn't leave me for another man. I didn't leave her for another woman. Like I said, the cheating happened in 2008 and we got divorced in 2016. So we tried for years to try to, you know, heal that move from that. Ultimately that wasn't the thing sure. that, uh, ended the, the marriage, right? It wasn't that there's many other things. And I usually kind of steer away from negative things she's done because 
I respect the hell out of her and she's the mother of my, my children and she doesn't have the platform I do. So I make myself the bad guy. Uh, so I can take it. So I, I right. keep that away. But yeah, it was a clean divorce. We just tried years of marriage counseling. And we, I ultimately said, look, we're not getting anywhere. We're not changing mm -hmm. our behaviors. Because uh, Brian, you can attest, like you can go to therapy, but if you don't implement what they're telling you at home and just going mm -hmm. into the same patterns of behaviors, yeah. You're not making any progress. So that's what I found that we were doing. And ultimately, when I called it, it, it was a clean divorce. Can, can I just jump in and, and maybe ask, Rudy, was it um, like, how did you finally get to that point after trying for so long that it, this just isn't going to work? Like, was there a, an, an event or like a moment or a thought that got you there? Well, I felt incredibly guilty for what I did. Like I confessed to her, like I did, I didn't get busted. I confessed to her because the guilt was, oh my God, was just eating me away like crazy. Yeah. And I couldn't forgive myself. And, you know, we just weren't getting any better. And no matter what I tried, uh, I felt that I was failing. So I felt like a failure. And because no one gets married to fail or, or to get right. to divorce. You love your wife and you want to give her the world and give her everything that makes her happy. And when you see she's not happy uh, with life, money, where she's at in her career. As a young man, you don't understand that. That's not technically your responsibility. I mean, you can be a good husband, but if she's not happy with herself, that's not your job. Mm -hmm. So I was just at a miserable place. And I just remember one day I woke up, I'm like, I had enough because life is more than just feeling like shit. So then I went to yeah. therapy and I saw a therapist for six months. And I said, am I the asshole? Like, mm -hmm. is, there, is there something wrong with me? Let's talk this out. And after six months, I kind of realized and learned a lot of things that, yeah, I'm not perfect, but nor is she. And it looks like we're at an impasse and it's up to me to make that next choice. So if it wasn't for therapy, I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't be the man I am today or have like the confidence to or self-awareness to call myself out on a lot of things. Uh, taking accountability is easier said than done. And when I did, I said, let's just do it. I'm tired of living this way. And I just chose, I've had enough of the negative and yeah. I want the good. And that's, I, when you're out on your own and you can make your own path and be selective with who you allow in your life, who you date and the attitude you wake up with without letting your spouse affect that. Dude, I was on cloud nine. I, I loved it. And my life was, has been so much better since. Yeah, that uh, I, I really admire that. I mean, never having gone through that, I just can't imagine the agony of of choosing to end a marriage that you've invested so much time and energy and resources and love and heart and years of your life. Yeah. Um, but to do it with that kind of care and intentionality, and then um, do it the way you want it to be is is that I mean that's that's cool. Like it's not it's not a failure. It's just a recognition that you know that season is done and it's not working anymore. It's time to start a new one. Yeah, and I got a lot of, uh, I'm Hispanic, so I had a lot of uh, culturally, like it, my parents and my grandparents, you know, stay together for the kids because that's what we yeah. do. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, 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 I'm not gonna teach them that model or repeat that toxic cycle, yeah. hell no. So, but I'm not gonna lie, during that dark period where I was feeling horrible, it, it really affected my body. I got shingles at 38. Whoa. Who gets shingles at 38? And I got shingles because I was just so depressed, so upset, so uh, just angry. I had, and I didn't communicate my emotions. And it took me months to come to the, uh, the I guess, uh, the idea of going to a therapist. Because from my mind, before I went to one, the therapist is for people who fail. I'm not crazy. I'm yeah. not stupid. I don't need therapists. You know, and I was stubborn. But finally, my body was caving in on itself. I go, I need help. So I went to a therapist and it saved my life. It really did. 
Cool. Wow. What else, uh, Rudy, what else besides therapy did you do or what did therapy open you up to? And then like talk about that process a little bit of getting to a place where your body wasn't trying to destroy you (laughs) because of the stress you were under. (laughs) Uh, The gym, of course. You you see it all over social media. Like when you break up, you hit the sea at the gym, bro. The gym's fine. I mean, the gym is a good stress lever, but you know, that's your body. But what about here? (laughs) <laughs> that yeah, matters too. If you don't take for care the of listeners, that, for the listeners, Rudy's pointing at his brain <laughs> with two fingers. <laughs> with yeah, with two fingers. fingers. Like, uh, you got to take care of the the mind, body, and soul. You, you really yeah. do. And uh, you, you can try. I, I tried different methods. Like, I'm going to use the hate to get me through this. No hate destroys your body. Mm-hmm. I was I was losing hair, and you know it was really affecting me. So I was like, no, I can't do this. So therapy, gym, and there were days like when we split up. I was I would be at home. And there's more, there's nothing more painful than hearing a quiet house. Yeah. Like the kids weren't running upstairs. Mm, there was no yes. cartoons playing. It's just the air condition. And I remember just in this pool of sadness, I was at home just crying. There were days where I didn't know what to do with myself. I literally just got up and went to Walmart and got a basket and walked around because I didn't want to be alone. And I didn't oh, buy anything. Man. I just walked around a store. And then yeah. there were days where I just got up and I go, look, I, I'm sick of this feeling. I would just go for walks and you'd be surprised. Going for a walk, I don't know what happened, like 10, 15 minutes after the fact, I just started feeling better. It, it yep. was the sun in my face, the wind in my hair, just seeing life around me. I don't know. Yep. But I just didn't like, whenever I was in a pool of just that negativity and depression, I made a point to get the hell out of it. I would put on like space balls or anything <laughs> Mel Brooks related, just, just yeah. three amigos. I need something to make me laugh. And I would just put on so comedy to change the energy. Yeah, and that's, that's all. That's all you have to do, man. I mean, that's, I know it's easier said than done, but that's what worked for me. Yeah, and you I, didn't sit in an empty room and play the violin to yourself. I thought that's what everybody did. Uh, <laughs> well, I did for like a couple of hours, and then I got sick of it. I'm like, I'm tired of feeling like this, man. I need to get up and do something. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's. It's like those are the things you do to get to sort of get through that muck and pass that time because like it's not going to be, it's not going to be one week of watching spaceballs uh, yeah. that gets you through it. But it's like all the little, it's all the little breadcrumbs you leave yourself to to just follow the path over time. Yeah, and get out of there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's not easy. If I'm making it sound easy, it's not, man. It was really hard. But like I said, if if it wasn't for therapy and um, it, just making it a goal to I'm going to, what I, like I said, going back to when I said when my parents said stay together for the kids, I chose, no, I'm not going to teach them that model. So when I gave my kids a speech that we're getting divorced, I kind of just pulled it out of my ass. But I, this is what I said. I go, look, uh, me and your mom are getting divorced, but we still love you and we're still going to be your parents. And we're going to prove to everybody that, you know, we're, you can still be a family, even though you get divorced. Uh, I'm going to help your mom when she needs help. She's going to help me. I expect you to respect her. And she's, and you know, when I'm out there and vice versa, and uh, we're going to prove to everybody that we can be a healthy dynamic and be there for each other, even after divorce. And I think that just kind of set the stage in the bar and the ex-wife and I were very selective. Like I said, um, we made a pact, we made a deal, like, look, we're not going to introduce our kids to anybody for at least six months. We want to get to know them, make sure they're not crazy Hmm. because you can have a healthy, uh, dynamic as far as co-parents but it's the people you date that are jealous of that that come in and try to ruin that and mm. uh, there were many women i dated like why is she texting you all the time i'm like well my kid's got a project and we're talking about that if that bothers you you can leave yeah <laughs> she dropped she dropped men i dropped women because we wanted to protect that pe- that peaceful uh that peaceful space we had so again i owe credits to her as well because we made that deal and i think that's what kind of set the bar moving forward 
That's awesome. Uh, difficult to to stick to it. Were there days you didn't didn't want to um, acknowledge her existence or be okay with her? The uh, you know informing how you were parenting the kids or anything like that, or has it been pretty smooth? Post divorce or after? I mean, during the marriage. Post. post? Yeah, post. Um, I'm assuming it wasn't great during marriage, but yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, She was my high school sweetheart, so I've known her technically 20 years. Uh, We were horrible husband and wives, but we were but we were great parents. Awesome. So when it came to being parents, uh, we kind of always had that mutual respect, and we kind of saw eye to eye with everything. There were days where we didn't get along, of course, and there are days we had fights, and you know, just tell your mom I'm not talking to her right now, you know, but. I be I made sure I never said anything I could never take back or yeah. said anything that would really just hurt the kids. You're like, your mom's a slut, you know, or something like that. You don't want to say anything like that. <laughs> right. you know, oh, I gotta stop doing that. Hold on, I'm gonna write this down. Everybody <laughs> yeah. says your mom's a slut, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, that that would be a rude take, I guess, then, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so by the way, I, I did want to ask, so that that's from your perspective, that's great. The co-parenting situation it sounds like it's working out nice and smoothly. How do you, how do you feel that is working out from her perspective? Do you think it took her a lot of effort to get to that point, or was it was she pretty easily able to prioritize the children throughout the divorce? Um, she was, she was, yeah. It was both like uh, like I said, we both were great parents, and it was really just the back and forth. Because when we we're getting divorced, I said, let's do. I saw the decree, the template, and it said something to the effect that I would see the kids one weekend every month. No my dog barking. I'm sorry. And I'm like, uh, no, I can't do that. I love my babies. I've never been away from them more than one day. So we're going to change this. So we changed it to have it where where it was 50-50. Like she'd have them seven days and then I would have them seven days. And that's the approach we went with. And that's been healthy for the kids. It's been healthy for her. And even there were weekends. Let's say I had the kids and I had a date, a date that I've been wanting to go on. And it was Saturday. I called her. Hey, can you watch the kids? Do you have any plans? She's like, no, I don't have any plans. Can you watch them this Saturday? She's like, yes. And we wrote, we were always, you know, helping each other out and vice versa. Nice. So no, we, we never had any dynamic. And of course I've seen those videos on TikTok. you know, the, the, the moms just belittling the dad or they start fighting in front of the kids. And that breaks my heart, man. I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that space. And uh, maybe Brian can speak to that better than I can. I just can't imagine. I know you're hurting. I know you're in pain, but don't show that to the kids, man, because kids will follow mom and dad's lead. And if they see mom and dad like that, that's only going to make their situation worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, those are the crunch times of parenting when, when it's really on the line. And what's so hard is like you're not at your best when there's so much emotion and pain and confusion and fear going on, right? That, But it still takes, you just have to pull up your pull up your bootstraps and be a, a big person and do what's right for the kids. Yeah. And, and truthfully, if she left me for another guy, maybe I would be that guy yelling at her. I don't know how, how different it would have been sure. if one of us left for somebody else. That's a painful yeah. event, of course. And I don't have any experience to speak on that. So uh, maybe that's what attributes to that. I do. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry to hear about that. No, it's good. I, I actually, um, Maybe to some some people's surprise, I have a really good co-parenting situation with my ex. She's a she's a great. I was just I was just explaining this to a friend. She's a great ex. She's a really good ex. So it's it's working out really nicely, and um, we've got a very amicable, uh, communicative environment for the kids. So it's working out well. And like and J- some of the things that you're saying, said that go ahead from the very beginning. You've said that from the very beginning. I think too that yeah. hasn't changed at all. 
Yeah. It, it was it was a tough transition to get from, you know, finding out to that point, but um, I made it. Here, here I am. Yay. Good job. <laughs> um, you were talking a little bit about your uh, like the some of the videos that you were seeing, and I want to transition over like to the dating world a little bit too. I, I, we're pro- probably going to jump around a little bit on this podcast just because the conversation's nice and free flowing here. Um, one of, one of your recent videos, and I might even reference some of your videos because uh, oh, and by the way, I didn't say this at the beginning. Um, the way that we came across Rudy was uh, Rudy very early in 2021 last year, 2022 last year. Uh, I came across your page on TikTok, and it was kind of like when I I needed it most, and I came across one video of yours, and I'm wondering if it's the if it's the 30 second video you said that changed your life or not. But it was one where uh, it was from like December 2020. It just kind of resurfaced on your page as I was scrolling uh, my TikTok. I don't know how their algorithms work, but they ser- served up the right video at the right time, I guess, because they were listening to me and they knew that I hired a lawyer, I guess. Um, <laughs> You were sitting alone in like a new place and you had just sold your house and you were questioning whether or not this was a good decision for your children. And you're kind of like at what I would maybe describe as a rock bottom for you. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you posted it um, when it was happening or if it was, you know, a couple years later, but you were in a new place and you were, you know, kind of choked up about it. And I was just like really feeling you uh, on that one. So, yeah. Yeah, that video I recorded. It was a last night in my in the house we owned. That's what it was. Yeah, like uh, I, of course, I was the bad guy. And one thing that the ex-wife did that you know we we talk about, but I'm over it. That she told everybody all my faults and told everybody what was wrong. So I was the bad guy. I was a villain when it came to you know friends, family, uh, friends. I thought I grew old with all the buddies I went to high school with. All dropped me. Everybody dropped me. That's right, because you guys are back to high school, yeah. Yeah, high school sweethearts. So everybody just dropped me. So I was literally all by myself. And um, I, the house, I couldn't afford it anymore. So I'm like, okay, fine, I need to sell it. So I was breaking down, and I recorded a video. I recorded actually hours of videos of me just venting because I don't like writing. So that was my vlog. And I have hours of videos that will never see the light of day. But that particular one was my lowest. And I was just really in the last night in my room, my bedroom, where the house is just empty all the furniture's packed and it was December 23rd and I was oh. so and I was so upset that I couldn't close after Christmas to give my kids one more Christmas mm. so it was probably yeah the lowest point point of my life and uh, I was recovering from shingles at that moment and uh, I was just saying <laughs> in that video like I hope whatever happens next is good for my kids and me and I hope I'm making the right decision so it it's it feels good to revisit that point being what mm. 7 years ago just, uh, I wish I can go back and just kind of tap my shoulder, like keep going. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was okay. my lowest point, man. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to bring that one up too. Is obviously since then I, I followed your page, and um, a lot of your stuff has been really helpful just for my healing. You know, I've, I found like a lot of resources that work for me, and I feel like I consume information a lot better when it's a quick sixty-second clip. And uh, somebody like you saying, "Here, this is this is how I'm doing it." You can try it. You don't have to. Um, but one of the ones, like I said, I wanted to transition to the dating side of it. So, and maybe this might be kind of like the meat of this next portion of the podcast. I kind of want to see how you transitioned from detaching back into attaching, um, which seems to be kind of like a daunting for guys like John and I in our current positions, or like we were, uh, you know, a few months ago, a year ago. Um, but how did you find yourself transitioning to that? And I'm, I might want to serve it up a little bit differently too. I, I saw a recent video of yours that talked about um, dating and like if you ever date a single parent 
Um, never cancel on them last minute because there's a lot of energy that goes into a single parent setting up a date night. So that take was it away. One of, that was one of my first viral videos. Um, I was, again, a single dad, I guess, in a sense, you know, we're co-parenting. And I noticed when I started dating, there's a lot of single moms out there. And at the time, I preferred dating single moms because my schedule was aligned with theirs. Like, in other words, Monday through Friday, you're not going to go out. You're not going to do anything because it's kids, school and, you know, practices and whatever else, doctor's appointments and Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays were our time. So I was dating a lot of single moms that way. And I remember this one time where I was dating this one girl, she was like 24, like, okay, we're going to go out on a date, right? And she canceled on me and I'm at the theater with tickets and she canceled on me and it blew, it just upset me because I had to get a babysitter. Oh. You know, you had to, you know, pay the babysitter, make all these arrangements. And when just don't do that because our lives are so, uh, I guess, squared away. If we're going to go out with you, that means, Hey, Hey, we have an interest in you. Uh, yeah. you know, we want to make time to spend our limited time with you. And especially for women, because they're, if, if they like you, they're getting ready like days in advance. I mean, they're getting their hair did, they're, they're maybe their nails done, <laughs> they're getting waxed, they're getting, you know, a new outfit. And then when you cancel them, cancel on them on the last minute, that's pretty messed up, man, because yep. not only does she have to do what I had to do as far as getting babysitters, but she's putting more time in, in her effort with her looks. So I said, just don't do that, man, because if you're never going to get a second date after that. Yeah, that's that's filthy. I think um, it'd be interesting to know why she did. I, I suspect, like, I think maybe because she's 24 and, and she's young and doesn't have a lot of experience or, or vulnerability in the dating world. But, like, here here's a, a hot tip for anybody who's thinking about canceling something early. You can tell that person if you're not, like, super romantically into them or something has changed in the relationship over the course of your texting or whatever it is and say like i'd still like to go to this concert but uh i just want to let you know that like my my um my goals have changed here or like the the nature of the relationship maybe is just friendship if that's okay with you then let's go see let's go see blink 182 or whatever the hell it was (laughs) honesty always works in my opinion yep I agree. Maybe we will find out why she canceled because she is one of our listeners, Rudy. So I think she might actually phone in. I actually know why. If you want to know, she was drunk with her sister. She went oh. out and had drinks with her sister and she was drunk. She said she, she called me. She was sorry. And then we ended up hooking up and then that was it. So, Oh, I, I thought you were going right, to say well, and hey. now And now redemption. she's my fiance. Completely redemption. <laughs> um, That's so well, good. I love that. Go ahead, Brian. I mean, you're talking, Rudy, about the the amount of investment that you know you have to put into to dating when you're also raising kids and have a job and are a mature adult. Um, so, you, so you, I'm just picturing you have to be pretty intentional about what you're doing. You know, like what you're looking for and what the goal is. Unless the goal is to just have fun, you know, and sort of sow your wild oats, and which is legitimate too, I suppose. But what was your mind frame when you went into it? To be a man whore. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I've been with one woman technically since for 20-something years. I was ready to go have fun. And, you know, like I said, when it ended, I was in a healthy space. And after the the visits with the therapist, I knew what I wanted. What I wanted was to go find out who Rudy was. I didn't know. I didn't have any idea who Rudy was because, again, I got married at 21. I Everybody I met... I introduced myself as, you know, a husband or a father, but I'd never been, I'd never introduced myself as Rudy the adult. Mm-hmm. So who the hell am I? What do I like? I don't know. So I was excited about that, 
that idea. But also I go, look, I was a horrible liar. I lied a lot as a, as a married man. And I, I think guys just are bad at lying and I'm gonna forget what I said. And I hate having to remember mm-hmm. all this bullshit. So I made a, a promise to myself to be honest with all women. So when I went mm-hmm. on dates and even on my dating profile, I said, look, uh, just divorced, not looking for anything serious, but I'm open to it. I'm just out here looking to discover who I am and to have fun and to make friends. And I was upfront with everybody. And I think a lot of women respected the fact that I knew what I wanted and I wasn't leading them on or lying to them. And, uh, that gained that really, uh, got their respect and believe it or not, I had a, like a lot of like, like, uh, friends with benefits because mm-hmm. like, Hey, he knows I, I can sleep with him and he's not going to grow feelings. Cause I know he knows what he wants. And a lot of them were cool with that. So uh, honesty is always the best policy. And a lot of them don't believe you. They're looking for the red flags. And then before you know it, they're like, oh, he actually means what he says. He's not getting attached. He's not blowing up my phone and he's not acting crazy. You know, it was just, I knew what I wanted and that's exactly what it was. So I was open to it, but you're going to have to be patient with me. Uh, so that's kind of the approach I went with and it, and it worked. Yeah. That's so awesome. Rudy's plan starts with number one, man whore. Number two. Yeah, no, I'm writing this down too, Brian. So we'll we'll get it recorded here. Like in order of importance, uh, and to self develop, you know, achieve the character that I most want to be, and then have fun and meet people. And I did that for yeah, like that three, four years, and then I it gets old after a while. If uh, any of y'all seen American Gigolo with Richard Gere? Yeah, long time ago. Long time. Anyway, it's funny because you can have all these friends that hook up with you, and. That's fine, but when you're in an emotionally bad place and like maybe your dad had a heart attack and you're just down, they're not going to come and comfort you. Yeah, because you're just a dick in a box. You know, you're just like so. There's a lonely time. So when life hits you, when life really hits you, they're not going to be there. So you know, there's a pro and a con to it. Again, I have my fun with it, but it gets old after a while. What talk talk about the talk about the transition then? So, change the dating profile to not ready to be a dick in a box anymore. Uh, <laughs> looking for something a little more stable, and then uh, obviously having to be honest and open about those those things too, right? Like I, I really like, and I've I've found something similar with uh, you know my intentions too. Is I'm just not real sure what I'm looking for right now, other than just meeting people and having fun. Right, right. Um, and people and and women are pretty receptive to that. And you you're right. You find out like yeah, not every woman is out there looking to get married right away either. Um, when you transition to something more. Um, where your intentions are more to um, partner up. Uh, talk about that a little bit and, and how that changed the, the dating and the communication and all of that. You probably, you know, obviously you're looking for different things um, from the people you're talking to. Yeah, and I, I will exclude my girlfriend now because we've been together three years and again, we're engaged and that's the relationship I always wanted. But prior to her, I did get into one serious relationship for about a year and a half. And um, I had a checkbox, like what I was looking for at the time, she had to be a single mother because again, I knew the schedules and our lives were going to be comparable and she had to be beautiful. I had a specific type and that's kind of, everybody wants a beautiful woman, right? Everybody wants to be the guy walking into the bar with the hottest woman Mm -hmm. to make all the guys jealous. I'm guilty of that. And, you know, that's really not what you should, should be. You should be looking at the person inside. And this one woman who a friend of mine, a female friend of mine referred me to, she was a 10 out of 10, as guys say. She was dropped dead gorgeous in physically, you know, implants, booty, everything I've always <laughs> wanted, everything we're clicking on on IG. And I'm like, she's mine. I want her, is what I said. So we started dating and I started noticing little red flags that usually I had standards with, 
but it's funny you're how you make exceptions to your own rules when they're hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I started doing that. A lot of these red flags, like she just broke up with a boyfriend a month ago and here she is dating with me. That was an immediate red flag, mm. but I didn't care because she was hot. And uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to show her off. I wanted to be that guy. And I, I was that guy and it was an ego boost. It's cool. And then you see her naked, like, oh my God, I've only seen women like this in porn stars, porn <laughs> movies. And she's in front of me. What am I going to do? And I just tackle her and just do whatever I want, right? <laughs> so I was so consumed with her beauty. I ignored all the other red flags. And I was telling her I loved her. And in a way I became a simp. And in the sense of being a servant, I like became a servant yeah. role. I was there for her mm. at the drop of a button. Like if she needed me to go mm. fix her damn alternator or like change the garbage disposal, I would just, my kids, I was just forgetting myself. I lost myself because I was so consumed with the dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. what it was. And before you know it, she started becoming distant. After like five months, she just started, the cadence of Texas was no longer there. And yeah. here I am panicking, what's going on? And I end up finding that she says she needs space and then end up, end up she cheated on me with her ex-boyfriend. Sure. Uh, and yikes. that and that devastated me because at the time, I, I, that really messed me up. The first heartbreak after your divorce is the worst one, dude. Yeah, because it it it's just because you went in thinking you were smart, you went in thinking you know I know what to look for, and if, when I was dating her, I was using her to be the best man I can. I wasn't with my wife. Mm-hmm. I wanted to use this opportunity to say, "This is me. I'm going to give her my damn best." Yeah. And I did. And when she cheated on me, that's what was more devastating is like, oh my God, I gave her my best and then this and that. But I forgave her because I loved her that much. And I want it's funny when you date a beautiful woman, like it's you you don't want to let that go. It's so stupid. I don't know what it is, but you don't want to <laughs> let that go and you make y'all forgive you. I love you. Let's continue. Four yeah. months later, she cheated on me again. And I'm like, fine, fuck this. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So I left it. So um yeah, again, you have to know what you're looking for. I was being very, um, I guess, um, naive or like I thought I knew I wanted that beautiful woman. Every guy does. But beauty it only goes so far and you can't mm. ignore the red flags. And in the end, I don't hate her because she was pretty honest and upfront with what she was and who where she was coming from. I was the one who ignored all the red flags. So yeah. that toxic relationship really taught me, taught myself a lot about me. Yeah, boy, they do. Yeah, yeah. That's, and uh, what I'm gonna walk into and what I'm not gonna walk into in that relationship believe it or not that dopamine that high it's like a drug dude especially if they're really hot yeah. it took about mm-hmm. eight months for me to wean off that dude wow. I'm not gonna lie it took a long time it's an yeah. addiction yeah it is it's it, it's interesting to I mean the gendered aspect of this which is unfortunate but very real you know that men are so um, motivated by physical and appearance and and how she looks and women tend to be more motivated by the, you know, the reliability and the security and the, and the money. Uh, and, of course, that's not true of all men and all women. This is um, – there's lots of exceptions to that. But, I, you know, it's true enough that um, we, we do get blind. You know, women who focus – over-focus on that, that reliability security part, you know, just end up in dead marriages because they were not balancing out with the whole – you know, the whole picture. Exactly. And um, again, I guess to answer your original question, it was that she met the check boxes. She was hot. She was about my age. The, her, her daughter was about the same age as my kids. And we were living comparable lives. And we both, both were divorced and we were both were looking for something serious. So 
it, she kind of fit all those check boxes. But again, it taught me that sometimes they can fill out all the check boxes and still not be the right one. Yeah. It's funny it's, that well, gotta, I was just going to say quick, John, you might be able to relate to this too. Um, but it's funny how you talk about like the, there's like a sliding scale for each of these check boxes. Like there is the non-negotiables that men have when they're dating. And I'm sure this is the same mutually with women. But like some of those, some of those boxes can be fudged a little bit if they if they <laughs> overscore in certain areas. Uh, it's really funny to hear you say that because that's uh, that's what I experience as well. So, yeah, we're only human, I guess, right? Just yeah, yeah like just the, I, monkeys. Exactly. I remember like the um, you know the date. I don't know how big the dating apps were back, uh, Rudy, when you were back uh, re-entered under the scene from Encino Man Ice Iceman status, uh, but the like the distance i remember the distance being kind of a thing like i will i refuse to date anybody outside of like you know 30 miles from where i'm at and it's like well this one i might make an exception for because it's like (laughs) there's other things that i like about it yeah uh yeah Yeah. match uh match hinge uh and plenty they they were around and i remember i remember hating dating apps originally because i hated my first impression being a text I'm more mm. of an old school guy. I like going up to women and hey, introducing myself, making eye contact. My name's Rudy. You know, whatever, whatever. I'm old school that way because that's just what I grew up doing. So I hated being rejected by women on apps because my text. I didn't know what to say. Hey, what's up? I didn't know what to do. Right. So I found that very frustrating at first, but eventually I had success on dating apps, and uh, I kind of got the hang of it, so to speak. Yeah. How, how did you meet your current fiance? Uh, through Hinge, believe it or not. Okay, I was wondering. Because, <laughs> uh, again, I had dated the 10s and all that stuff, and my girlfriend's beautiful, but there's a difference between beautiful and, oh, my gosh, she's hot. You know, there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Major difference, and she was beautiful. And uh, what I loved about her on Hinge is I'm swiping through profiles. Her main picture, she's in a beautiful dress at some museum gala with a, Vel- a Velociraptor statue behind her posing like a Velociraptor. <laughs> and I'm like, I love a woman with humor. I, yeah. A woman, if you can make me laugh and you can kind of match my my wittiness and have a back and forth, oh my God, that's a huge turn on. So yeah. uh, I messaged her and um, she was it. And it's funny because I, I've told this story many times on my podcast as well, is when you have nothing but toxic people in your life, you date nothing but toxic women, and you're used to like the shelf life being three months. Oh, the red flag's gonna pop up. Oh, she's not over her ex. When you're used, to, when someone good comes into your life, a good woman, it shocks your system. Yeah. And you almost reject it. Like, whoa, I'm too good for you. Like, no, you know, I'm not for you. It's you don't believe it. Yeah. And I remember struggling with that up front and maybe trying to self sabotage it. And she goes, look, I know you've been through a lot. And she she's she goes, I I can recognize a P, PSD PTSD. And she was right. I, I was scarred from a lot of things. She goes, but you're a good man and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm like, whoa, okay. So she was very patient with me. And I told her, look, everything I've done in the past, it's failed as far as relationship go, goes. I'm going to do everything opposite with you. And the first thing I'm going to do uh-huh. is not tell you I love you until I really mean it. Because I think I said, you have to be careful with the words, I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you really stage, do. Yeah. Those are powerful words and they can mean a lot of things to different people. So I told her, don't tell me it until you mean it and I'm going to say the same thing. And it took us a year. It took me a year to tell her that. And now I tell her like five times a day, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like nice. an idiot. I love you, babe. I love you. I love you, Senator. I love you memes and all that because I truthfully mean it now. And she was just very patient with me and she's the first woman ever to not play games with me. Like for example, tick, when she was dating me, TikTok had already had picked up and my demographics like 60% women. 
Mm. I know for a fact the other women I dated would have said, you better delete that shit. You're not going to be talking to other women. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you trust me? She goes, no, I trust you, babe. And she's actually the brains behind the operation. She's like, nice. Shannon, Shannon Osborne and I'm Ozzy. You know, <laughs> so she trusts me. And, she, and, mm-hmm. and to have a woman trust you that way and respect you and support your dreams and be feminine and be nurturing and make you a sandwich and chips and bring a, a napkin with it after sex. It's like fucking amazing. Wow. Dude. wow. <laughs> Holy shit. A napkin. On this woman on hinge. <laughs> yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I get told by a lot of guys like, man, you lucked out. I'm like, I guess I did, but you oh, know, yeah. I didn't make it easier for her at the beginning, but yeah, I'm never, and she gives me peace, man. And when a woman gives you peace, yeah, I've never experienced peace in any relationship with parents, friends. <clears throat> There's always some sort of drama. When a woman gives you peace, dude, it's the greatest feeling ever, dude. Yeah, and a, and a napkin, and a napkin, peace, and a napkin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, uh, you probably give her some of that back. I assume, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. It's two like napkins. A, two napkins. <laughs> you know, I always um, you bring her food, and I, I treasure her, dude. I mean, she's yeah. uh, like I said, the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I got to ask you really quick, uh, just before we t- fall too far away from this. So you, yeah. you met her on the on the dating app. She was standing in front of a Velociraptor. Was your opening line when you reached out to her, clever girl? Uh, oh, I should have. Okay. I, I, I think it was something of the effect like a uh, humor. I love it. I'm Rudy. Mm. Hi. Mm. I think there something like that. <laughs> Here's my TikTok. <laughs> and she loves Mel Brooks movies, dude. Come on. What 36 oh, year old yeah, loves nice. Mel Brooks movies <laughs> and loves Madeline Kahn? I mean, it was awesome, dude. It was, it is perfect. I, 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 I'm just going to chime in, you know, like channeling all the listeners that are in, on dating apps and just striking out and feeling probably like 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 you did luck out rudy um and like that's never gonna happen to me like i'm sure there is a big element of luck you know that you just can't control um who shows up in your in your feed and and whether or not she responds but you clearly um put yourself in the right position for that to happen like like that just didn't happen you made it you know you did everything you could to be ready for it yeah, and I guess women always told me that uh, I approach life differently. Differently, like I was very positive. I was excited to figure out who I was, what mm-hmm. life had in front of me. I, like I said, I never introduced myself as Rudy to women. So I had this enthusiasm, this positivity about life. I spoke well about my ex-wife. Uh, I loved my career. I had a side hustle that I was in love with. So women were just shocked at the amount of positivity I had. And uh, my dating profile itself, I had a lot of movie posters in the back mm-hmm. that was done purposely because if mm-hmm. she referenced the movie in the background, I knew that, hey, she's the one. We can talk about that. I even had three Amigos references in my bio. Oh, that's amazing. What did it say? I said, fun fact, I once helped a village defeat the infamous uh, El Guapo <laughs> on, a, on a missionary trip. And some people got it and some didn't. Oh, that's but amazing. I, 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 love that. I wanted to get the ones that, that got the jokes. And that's how I guess it was successful because all these little uh, Easter eggs that I hid in the profile. That's amazing. It's funny hearing you say that with all the blue shadows in, in the background of your video feed right now. That too. I was going to say, when my kids were little, Rudy, I sang them to sleep every night with blue shadows. That was the song. Oh, yes. yeah. On the trail. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so good. That's awesome. So continue on, John. I think you had some more questions too. Like I wanted to dive more into the dating thing here. We haven't... So Rudy, just to give you some context, our show, by the time this one gets published, will probably be like seven or eight episodes deep. And we've kind of gone through a lot of triage, what it looks like as you're going through divorce, like how to react and how to like heal yourself, th- those types of things. 
Um, a little bit of co-parenting stuff. We've talked a lot about kids, uh, what they go through when divorce is happening. And this one's kind of like in a, another piece of the chronological order, like the dating side of it. So I, I really want to keep drilling into that for the, the last uh, five or 10 minutes of the show here. Yeah, I had a I had a question about or or maybe a comment or a statement. Uh, you you were talking about having dated toxic people and having sort of that toxic uh, pull in your life, I guess, a little bit, and it really like teaching you who you are, and then finding somebody who was so open and receptive and gave you like calm and security and and a being able then which which allows you then to be yourself and not be up in your head and not be uh trying to twist yourself into something they like or whatever they're just receptive to whatever you're liking that's so hard to find but when you find somebody like that and i think the other thing i I think about is like you will see traits of that or pieces of that in people if you if you just make you just be yourself in front of people and if it doesn't work out you have to be okay with that um but it it's it's interesting that um that kind of knowing knowing the toxicity feeling like gun shy about being yourself because you've been sort of burned by being yourself so much before uh it it can be very tough to put yourself out there and, and and i think maybe maybe talk a little bit about where you came from with the uh with with the woman you were seeing who cheated on you a couple of times that obviously was not a healthy relationship but it taught you what what to look for um and and how did you how did you get to the other side of that and like make yourself available and, and vulnerable to, to women moving forward so that you could be yourself and not, uh, and not have to twist yourself into something they wanted to see. Um, I, I, I took my time. Uh, I just took myself off dating apps. Uh, there's this weird, uh, type of like reaction with people when they get into a breakup or they have a breakup, they're immediately going on dating apps to find a distraction and putting themselves out there, which is unfair. Because let's say you're a good guy and you meet a woman and she just broke up with her boyfriend. That's really hurting you and making you maybe jaded. Like, why am I going out there if everyone's all messed up? So I took my time. I didn't go on dating apps. I uh, focused on myself. I went to therapy again mm-hmm. and talked it out. Like, what happened? I gave her my best. And I finally discovered what it was, as I said earlier. And uh, just took some time out and was alone. And uh, really, it, everything I just told you as far as, far as me learning a lot about myself, I arrived to that months later in therapy because I was for months, I was like, no, I gave her my best. I deserved it. I deserved it. I was kind of stubborn in that pain. Yeah. But after the months went on, I realized, yeah, I did ignore a lot of damn things. So uh, when I started dating again, I was again, very cautious. I, I didn't look at the beauty again and I go, okay, that's kind of, that's not what I want to get into. So I was very selective on who I was dating and who I would sleep with uh, and who I would uh, allow myself to, who would I allow in my space? Yeah. I was very, very, very cautious when it came to that because the older you get, you just, you don't got time for that shit, dude. You don't got time yeah. for drama or a girl keying your car. Like, dude, I'm 42. <laughs> why am I, why is this woman keying my car, man? I gotta be dealing with that. So it's, you're just very uh, protective of your time and you're just very selective with it. And uh, when I started dating my girlfriend, like I said, I was still in that protective space and, but eventually it, it, it grew into something else. But I was just very cautious, man. And I stopped dating for like about a good four months. I just yeah. kind of worked on myself and just uh, did a lot of meditation, therapy, and just working out. Awesome. It, it, it's amazing when you get to a point in life when you don't need anybody. When you don't need anybody and you're happy with your life, you know, you're hurt, but you're happy with your life. It, it's, a, it's a powerful place to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the power of being able to say no to yeah. stuff you don't need, right? 
It's mm-hmm. huge. What uh, uh, meditation? Do you use an app? Are you reading? A, do you have a meditation book you like? What do you tell me about meditation? Yeah. My, it's it's pretty uh, pretty simple. Like I just sit in a room and I put my phone downstairs and I just kind of just focus on myself to keep my mind clear. Uh, I read a book called my therapist recommended a book called The Power of Now. Yep. I don't know if anybody has read that. Uh, read it right now. <laughs> well, there you go. It's dude. It saved yeah. my life. You know, and you know, focus on the past brings up depression and then you know whatever the future is anxiety. Mm-hmm. and stress the now is the now so it took it's easier said than done but when you can kind of space and kind of protect yourself and be in the moment uh it, it really helps your body and especially your mind it clears it up so i do a lot of that and uh, of course uh, working out uh, i do that as well and also i'm a creative guy if you've seen all my podcasts and everything mm-hmm. uh creating and talking to people like you guys uh creative spaces where i excel yeah. And, you know, I love that. So it's uh, doing things that are positive, uh, that either are teaching me to be better, learning from other people like you guys, like, hey, this is how you become a better person, or creating, you know, keeping my actions in mind on positive things versus negative uh, is the way to go, man. Yeah, I did you find it hard to be creative in the in the times in the in the darker times where you were maybe coming out of the toxic relationship or something like that? I, I my it has uh, for me it has been difficult. Um, I'm I'm the same way. I, I'm kind of a creative for a living, um, and it's been tough to transition back into that. This podcast has been great for that, honestly, because like we we can just sit and talk, and then I can I can cut it together and, and work on things. But like. Um, I, it was, it was hard. It was like, a uh, it was like working out again after like not working out for a year or something like I was rusty and it was hard to get going on that and do something enjoyable again. And once we started publishing these things and getting feedback, it was like, Oh shit, let's do, let's do this all the time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the podcast I can uh, definitely speak to, it's almost cathartic in yeah. a way to actually speak about negative moments, but you know, you're making it a positive impact with others. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, I actually did some of my best work at my lowest points. <laughs> yeah, because I just I just dove into that creative space, and you know it distracts your mind, and you, I, I just kind of focused on that. But I did some of my best work in that low space. Um, that's that was the only outlet I had. Uh, so um, it, it it helped me, man. Awesome, Brian. I think you have a question. Yeah, I think we're gonna. Um, yeah, we're gonna do like a Brian's burning question. I think we got to start wrapping things up here. I do want to give Rudy an opportunity in case you have any final thoughts, Rudy, that you think that uh, we might have missed on in this this show. And then I'm going to have uh, Brian ask his burning question of the podcast. We do it every single show. So, Rudy, any final thoughts for for today for uh, the listeners that may be out there, people that might be uh, going through some similar things that you are or that we are? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, first off, again, uh, what you're feeling is normal. You know, it's absolutely uh, just to feel angry, depressed, sad. And it's okay to feel that way, but don't let those feelings consume you. Uh, don't sit in them too long because that's where it gets to an unhealthy place. Uh, take whatever heartbreak or divorce or moment that's going on in your life. Uh, there is a, an appropriate time to mourn, and that's fine. But also recognize that this is just a chapter in your life, man. Things move on. Things move. New beginnings. And I found in life, it's funny, when something ends, life, God, fate, whatever you believe in, I don't know what I believe in, gives you something else. I've had friends drop me and then a month later, friends that I haven't heard five years, 10 years come out of nowhere. It's weird how life is a balance and life is all about your energy. And again, I know I'm getting kind of spiritual and all that, but I'm just speaking my truth. Yeah. If you put out positive energy and if you put out, you know, good intentions, life gives it back to you. 
if you're negative and you're consumed with hate, that's all you're going to get back. And you're going to speak, just consume with toxic people, negative people. So uh, be, be uh, prideful of your space, go heal from it, go to therapy. I know there's a lot of men out there who don't want to go because again, they don't want to admit to like, Hey, those are crazy people, whatever. No, go. Uh, just like in, if you hurt yourself while at the gym, you know, you can, you know, heal it yourself, but you have, you're going to have to go to a physical therapist at one point or another to heal that injury. It's the same thing. Uh, your mind's a muscle. You got to really focus on that as well. So take all these losses as an opportunity to evolve and become a better man, because sometimes when you lose, you really win. Yeah. I'm going to say this might blow some people's mind, but the crazy people out there are the ones that are not going to the therapists <laughs> and they're That's crazy right. because they, they are not getting therapy. Stay crazy. My friends. Stay crazy. <laughs> That's perfect. That's... Okay. Now it's time for the, this podcast episodes, the, Brian Burns burning question. Brian, what is your burning question? That's a that's a real setup. Um well, well you already answered kind of a big one, which is what's what's just the best advice you have. So, um good work and I appreciate the um support for therapists. Uh we've gotten a bad rap for a lot of years and it's like we're finally breaking out of that. So, appreciate your support. Um, I'm curious what, just more specifically, if you have ideas, when you say toxic um, people, you know, men and women can both be toxic, of course, like what is it, what are some of the specific characteristics that come to your mind that like we should watch out for when we're getting to know people? Um, usually if how they speak about their ex or their ex-wife mm, uh, that's a yeah. big major indicator like if hey well why did it end oh this motherfucker blah, 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 and just goes goes mm, on and mm. i'm like so if Gosh. they haven't healed or if they actually just hate their ex uh, that's that's a uh, that's something to keep a lookout for and also um how they treat other people and more importantly i guess this can be for anybody uh, how do they act when things don't go their way or when stress occurs in their life because they can yeah. either pout, angry, yell, blame you and become like this, you know, intolerable person, or they can stay calm and come to a solution and arrive to like, guys, I know things aren't going well, let's talk this out. So somebody who reacts when things are going their way and just has a pouting fit, yeah. that's a huge indicator. That's somebody you don't want to be in a relationship with. Somebody who's yeah. by your side and, you know, hey, we got this. When things are really hitting the fan, that's the person you want. Yeah. Yeah, love that answer. Just love it. How you handle when disappointment in life says a lot about your maturity level. Um, I love your answer. The, the only, um, uh, because this is our podcast, I'll add one more thing. Um, like, like, uh, and I think maybe there is some gender to this, although I see plenty of men that do it too. It's it's being needy, you know, dependent. It's like you can sort of feel when the person is too much looking to you for validation rather than self-validating. You know, there's a neediness to it that can feel really good to your ego uh, in the beginning, but it'll come back to bite you in the end if you want a long-term relationship. Oh, and I have one more burning question. What was the, what was the napkin for exactly? And <laughs> He did say he did say sandwich and after sex. So I'm curious about this too. Well, there was yeah, there, there was there towels for clear. that. <laughs> okay, so there was like a wet that. wipe too. Okay. Just the, she makes she mixes the mayonnaise and mustard together like like a special sauce. So I, I'm this woman, to get 
<laughs> this woman, she mixes the mayonnaise and the mustard together, and you found yep. her on Hinge. I'm still, I'm baffled. I got, I got, I got the wrong Hinge downloaded. <laughs> and Rudy has now discovered that she is the special sauce for Rudy. Yes, I, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, nice, nice. Well done, Rudy. It's really impressive uh, how you've managed this life event. Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Just wanted to say thanks to our special guest, Rudy. Make sure you follow him on virtually every platform on TikTok. Search Rude Advice. Uh, also on Instagram and the Rude Advice podcast on virtually every listening platform. Rudy, thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. Make sure you follow the Bad Weather Podcast handle on Twitter, at Bad Weather Pod. And again, DMs are open in case you want to you wanna send out a question or a topic. We'd love to have some sort of a mailbag segment in this podcast coming up. So. Uh, coming from JP, Jonathan, and Brian, thank you so much for listening, you guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks, Rudy. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. I forget my bad days, all my bad days. And be okay, and be okay. Spend my spare change down at the arcade. And then I'll say, I'll say everything sucks.